Greetings and salutations. You've successfully arrived at the bloody disgusting network. Coming up next is something indescribable, tantalizing, and mind-numbing. Enjoy. We're back! Yeah, yeah, right. yeah. Hey, listen, listen. Yeah. You think I could get a gun this time? No! Did you ever watch The Twilight Zone? Remember The Twilight Zone with Burgess Meredith? Remember, he, he, he loved to read, and there was a nuclear war, and he had no friends anyway, and he was down oh, on yeah, basic glasses. What about the mannequins that got two weeks off and turned into humans, and they were allowed to go out and shop for two weeks on their own, and then this one came back, and it was over two weeks, and the other mannequins went, come over here for a minute, and turned into plastic. You, you want to see something really scary? And welcome, everybody, to Zoning Out. I'm Christopher Feinstein. John Sachs. Frank. Bonacci. Amy. Good. Gorilla. We are here today to discuss The Twilight Zone, Season 1, Episode 34, The After Hours. A woman is treated badly by some odd salespeople on an otherwise empty department store floor with an air date of June 10th, 1960. What did we think of this one? That's the synopsis. That's such a bizarre synopsis. That's the synopsis. synopsis. That's it. That's such a bizarre synopsis. She's treated poorly by some staff. Yeah. It doesn't really give you much of anything. I'm assuming you guys had seen this already. So you yes. knew? Okay. This one, out of all the ones we've watched so far, I, I've probably seen the most. Mm. This, this is uh, the, next They to... mentioned this in the... Yeah, this is the op- titles. How about the mannequins that got two weeks off and turned into humans and they were allowed to go out and shop for two weeks on their own? Yeah, this is one of those episodes that's on the movie. in the zeitgeist. Yeah. This is like when people think of Twilight Zone, they think of this episode because it's this is one of those like it's in our opening when they were talking about like the big reference points of Twilight Zone. This is one of the episodes that got brought up. Yeah, I didn't know. Oh, so you don't know this one? I didn't. Even oh, even wow. even if we, how many times we've listened to our opening title, right? Yeah. But going along in the story, it's not obvious. No. So for a first timer, I thought this was excellent. I thought this was oh, really yeah. fun. Oh, it's a great yeah. episode. It is. Yeah, I think the it's other mannequins it's the best like one in probably a month, month and a half. Wait, Chris, what did you say? That's from uh, Albert Brooks. He's like, yeah, it turns out it's a mannequin. The other mannequin say, get over here for a minute. <laughs> <laughs> and then this one came back and it was over two weeks. And the other mannequins went, come over here for a minute. Dude, I hear that like so many times because I edit it and I hear that like over and over again because like, I usually put the opening right there. Yeah. Like, right after he says that, like, your intro. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, I hear that over and over and over again. <laughs> I want to punch Albert Brooks. They laughed at me the first time I wore jeans with a sport coat. I was the first wealthy man in America to ever do that. Now they all do it. Not content to use all the props and costumes from Forbidden Planet, they had to get one of the actresses, Miss Anne Francis, who's in Forbidden Planet. Anne Francis stars Who is a fucking smoke show. Oh, she was Marsha. Yeah, yeah. Marsha, Marsha, yeah. Marsha. Hey, you guys. <gasps> yeah, she, uh, she's an attractive lady. Forbidden Planet, she's, like, gorgeous in that movie. Like, she is absolutely stunning in that movie. And uh, lo- her love interest in it is Leslie Nielsen, which is surreal. You gotta see Forbidden Planet already. Huh. What year? 58, 58, 59. 56. 56. Oh, it's 56, sorry. It's fantastic. It's probably the best... I wouldn't say it's the best science fiction film of the 50s, but it's the most, uh, probably the most polished. It's a really expensive looking movie. There's animated effects by Walt Disney that are amazing Mm. and still hold up. Amazing stuff. Uh, First film to use an electronic score. (laughs) 
Yeah, it's a, it's a cool. groundbreaking film, and it's actually, like, uh, you've seen, like, it ripped off a lot, whether you realize it or not. You're, like, you're going to watch it and go, wait a minute, that's the plot of Sphere. How do you feel it's, about Sphere? Ask him for his last name. What? I want a full name for my report. I'm not putting in my report that I lost a crew member on a deep set expedition to find an alien named Jerry. Please, Jerry. Eh. I probably won't say that because I only seen it once and I don't remember anything about it. I remember watching it going, wait, this is Forbidden Planet. Like literally. It stinks. <laughs> I, I, I enjoy how bad that movie is. I gotta watch it again because I just remember being annoyed by it. Because I was like such a nerd about like this is, this is a plot of Forbidden Planet. Is anybody gonna take Michael Crichton out on this? That's a derivative. Somebody have sex at me. You know what well, I always get Sphere confused with? What's the one? The, uh, the space one with Lawrence Fishburne. It's a horror movie. Oh, uh... Deep Horizon? Yes. Yeah. Wait. Yeah. No, Event Horizon. Event Horizon. Event Horizon, Event Horizon yes. You got that confused. You did a portmanteau of Event Horizon and Deep Impact. That's what it was. Event, That's literally what just happened. Event the Impact. Uh, Cloud Akins. Cloud Akins. I absolutely love him. Yeah, this is a classic. I'm glad you hadn't seen it, John, because I was really trying to separate my nostalgia for it for like what it actually is and it really is like i couldn't i was like okay maybe i'm nuts but this is still as strong as i remember it if not stronger really good direction in this one like really tight direction like some really great shots i love the shot well let's you know what we're getting ahead of ourselves we're getting ahead through, of ourselves well, we're waiting let's run through run through uh marsha white marsha 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 <laughs> is going to a department store, like those old-timey department stores, like floor two, linens, and... Listen, that was some fucking department store. That was a great set. There was a, a feature film on the lot that was supposed to be a doctor's office, and they just, like, threw, yeah. like, they just reconverted it to a department store. But it's a really big set. Like, it's a it's, big set, it's... and it's, you know, portrayed to be tremendous. Nine floors? It's like a, like a super mall. Has anyone been to a mall lately? No. Not since 1995. It's so depressing. It's all just, like, secondhand sneakers shops. Every mall I've been to, it's just, like, weird record stores. Like, FYE is, in, is open in the mall down by me, and it just it doesn't sell music though it just sells like tchotchkes it's like a spencer gifts now yeah it's like a, a g-rated spencer it's gifts. very strange and it's all just aftermarket sneaker stores well, like it's, it's like buying I mean... sell like sneak like everyone it's like a pop-up shops all over the mall it's fucking the most bizarre thing i've ever seen it's, it's funny, like you like, it's like you're really entering a different world it's funny like how like main street tiny shops and department stores were overtaken by malls but like that that's all gone away just because of online shopping like yeah, big box stores and that's that's uh, it, you and you thought like because like it was such a new thing for us like in culture like it was like pretty new like it was like in the 70s they first started doing malls yeah like to the point where they were like still like what does this mean like there was so many movies like dawn of the dead is like what do malls mean like for our culture like they were mm -hmm. still like pondering that and by the time they got their heads around like what it represented it's like, oh, it's gone now. Yeah, it's so weird, man. I had to go get a hat. And I was like, the only I know the only place I can get a hat is lids. And I know there's, there's always bound to be a lids in the mall. The mall by me has two lids in it for some reason. Two lids and two game shops. Yeah, game stops. Lids, yeah, they put lids. They throw it's very lids strange really why there's malls. two of them. And they're always empty, both of them. But Sorry. <laughs> I had to get a hat. And I was just passing by sneaker shops. That that just people. Oh, I know. It doesn't matter to me. Anybody just keep doing whatever you're doing, Frank. Uh, you're drawing attention to it. I didn't even hear what was happening. And uh, yeah, it was just that and like coffee shops and there was just really weird people just walking around. The, but stores weren't open. I remember back in the day because my, my, my brother worked in the mall for a long time when he worked at the jewelry store. They were like very strict about you had to be open. Otherwise, the, the mall would like fine you. 
and like half of the stores were closed and it's like with signs on like the roll down gate like opens at four today and i said what the fuck is going on here oh we can't staff it they can't no they to, can't like, staff, staff it, it and like, like, yeah. well there's no one there right it's like why should i spend money and like just take a loss for the first few hours when yeah. i just fuck it the guy God, at Cinnabon was so depressed. He was just standing there, just staring, as sweating as the ovens are on. <laughs> Please buy my buns. Making buns I just for had Cinnabon. It's fucking it unbelievable. Don't even talk to it me was, about uh, Cinnabon. It was Deborah's birthday. I adore their Cinnabon sometimes like a fucking lunatic. Oh, you're an animal. Oh, that's so decadent. And, you know, I'm uh, so speaking. Oh, let me give you guys an update on my diabetes. Technically, I don't have it anymore. I mean, I have diabetes forever, but my, my A1C was 4.9. When I first. Uh, got diagnosed it was 12.6 which is like i if you know it. those numbers and what they mean that's pretty fucking bad yeah. so uh, to get it to 4.9 within a year is uh pretty good without yeah. pills that's without fantastic. pills. so i make that point i know metformin I, I, so that's good uh but so as a celebration <laughs> as part of deborah's birthday there's a there's a dude this is how deadly is this it's a carvel slash cinnabon like, oh yeah like within there's one on 86th street Ooh. in brooklyn's yeah, there's one by me, like a few blocks away. Like uh, I could walk to it. Yeah, it's it's a problem. I got two for breakfast once. Two cinnabons. You ever have two cinnabons? That was in my heaviest. Two so cinnabons. I ate them both in the park on on uh, Shore Shore Road, <laughs> alone. So it's, uh, parked behind the the bathroom in my work van. Imagine there's a kid on like a swing and there's just a giant man. This I was probably a hundred. A giant. I was probably 130 pounds heavier than I am now. Just sitting in a fucking van, sweating and breathing in his mouth, and just devouring two cinnabons. Of course, I got. They asked you one extra force. Like I just looked at the guy. Come on. Fucking you fucking joke on me. You prank. Something cool. The answer is yes. Right. You know what? Give me two extra frostings. How's that smart guy? And, and I a took straw. Them, right. And I fucking lathered these puppies up, man. And I was just a knife on my dashboard. Just, I severely underestimated the density of those things. And it was like They're I ate a, a cinder block. And I just sat there all day. Like I remember like the office was like calling me like, Chris, you're late to this appointment. <laughs> cinder block. <laughs> I'd go, but my legs are so numb. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I lost all circulation to the lower half of my body. <laughs> I was going to say, how many minutes does it take for your body to just completely shut down? Oh, it was almost instantaneous. Two. Is it two it, minutes? It was like, minutes? as soon as this, as soon, after the first one, my body was like tapping. I was like, please don't do this. <laughs> and I thought about it and I almost let it win. But no, it weren't stopping. Yeah. I was on a mission. But just don't day. win, Chris. All right. I was on a mission that day. Oh. There's a epitaph. Did you guys ever finish Better Call Saul? Yes. No. Oh, so you know the episode, the Cinnabon episode. Frank? Gene, Gene, the Cinnabon machine. <laughs> I can smell you coming up the hallway. Oh, I get that all the time. And oh, it's like well, painful uh, to I watch. I believe I door dashed that day. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that's like porn, that episode. Oh, man. You ever hear Louis C.K.'s bit? He's like, I stopped at a Cinnabon in the airport I was arriving at. The other day I got a Cinnabon. Do you know what a Cinnabon is? <laughs> Let me explain Cinnabons to those of you with self-respect who just walk right by shit like that and have no idea. I'm buying a Cinnabon at the airport that I arrived at. <laughs> Just to say how disgusting a person he is. Yeah. You realize how disgusting, how low that is? Yeah, no, that's like really low on, you're low on the food chain if you stop. If you're eating at all at a Cinnabon, you are just a dredge to society. Well, I went there for a fudgy the whale because it's for, you know, uh, oh, for Deborah's birthday. birthday. You got to get fudgy. I get a fudgy. So I got her a fudgy. Yeah. But I said, you know what? Let me get some Cinnabons for, like, just to pick on. Yeah. The just the, you don't just pick the, on Cinnabons. Cinnabons pick on you. <laughs> 
we sat down. I said, I'm going to have, I'm going to have a little bite. We took a bite each and we just looked at each other and we went feral. <laughs> we just turned immediately feral. The heart of bite. a Cinnabon is. It's just heaven. The middle. That fucking, I don't know. What the fuck do you do? It's like God's middle. love and high fructose corn syrup. It's so fucking good. Oh, God damn you. I don't even buy. I said, listen, when I was buying it, I said, I'm not going to look because they have the calories. This oh, way, you I can't look. They, I'm curious. And there's like a flashing I'm warning right. sign next to it. I said, I'm not looking at it. <laughs> I have to say now because I was Now so, I want to know. Yeah. Tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me, tell me. Tell me. One bun is fucking deep dense. Oh, my God. It's got to yeah, be. That's intense. Let's see. We did a bun apiece and we both did not feel right afterwards. Whoa. 4,500? 880 calories. One. Okay, that's not bad, but what's fat? Oh, I don't, so listen now. We're fucking really talking to me. Hold on. Let me get into the... That's just... got, I'm going to go 35 grams of fat. Easy. 35. Yeah, probably more, I'd say. Calorie and nutrition guide. Cinnabon. Classic roll. 880 calories. 37 grams of fat. What do I say? I know mm. my shit. 16 grams saturated fat. There's that's 12 grams of protein, though. That's good. You're fucking... Surprising. Yeah. Surprising. That ain't bad. What's, what about the, the a side of, of icing? Hold on. 220. Oh, so that's a thousand flat. Yeah, flat thousand out. flat. So that was two thousand calories I consumed in the park <laughs> next to the children. That's I should have been I arrested eat on a normal day. <laughs> that's like what I keep my. Diet well, that's at. what I. That's what I stick at now. Now I'm at like twenty two hundred. I stay at for the day. Yeah, but you got eight grams of protein. You know, pre workout. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, people fucking eat uh, rice krispie treats. That's all I had to hear before I went to the gym. Ooh. I will say, Fudgy the whale is still the best. It's Nothing the best tight. cake, hands down. Fudgy the Welsh has been mass produced me, constantly. Because <laughs> it started with Cinnabons and then it, it ended with the fucking devouring of Fudgy. Mm. What's the one solid? Okay. Let's guess Cookie what the Puss most... I had as an adult did not hold up. Nah, don't hold up, Cookie Puss. Cookie Puss is a fraud. What's the most calorie dense item on the Cinnabon menu? You just deep fry a stick of lard and just fucking cover it in frosting. Probably mm. tastes delicious. Probably. It's 1100. They call it the Widowmaker. It's 1160 <laughs> calories with 55 grams of fat. It's Which one is that? Caramel pecan bond Cinnabon classic roll. Caramel pecan bond. Ooh. Yep. I bet it's so fucking incredible. Though. So good. It's got to be the best <laughs> fucking thing. <laughs> it's really Mac a sin. Like, I based it off a of Big Mac because a Big Mac is roughly the same in terms of calories and fat. Really? Yeah. Jesus Christ. What was your fast know. food of choice? White Castle. I like to really just ruin my fucking good. day. Dude, we used to go on some some White Castle runs that were legendary. When they came out with the chicken rings. Oh, I would eat chicken ring. I'd be walking around like fucking. I was like the Mandarin running around. <laughs> I don't want my fingers. <laughs> I went to yeah. fucking. You want to believe this shit? This is why I hate New Jersey. Because I went the other night. I was having a. I didn't eat all day. I was starving. It was. I was coming home and I had been dieting really good. I'm like, you know what? I'm gonna fucking have to get myself a couple of little White Castles tonight, and that'll be it. That'll be the only thing I eat all day. It was like eight thirty. White Castle was closed. I said, I hate this fucking town I live in. How do you close a White Castle at 8.30? Dude, I'm flat out having synesthesia right now because I'm like smelling White Castle right now in yeah, my head. It's nice. <laughs> this is this conversation. Well, anyway, she's in the department store. <laughs> she gets into this department store and she gets into an empty elevator and there's like a bunch of people waiting for one elevator and the elevator bank right next to it just opens and nobody goes to it. So she's like, all right, my own elevator. The guy working the elevator is very creepy. I'm not accustomed to such service. Ma'am? Well, there were a whole lot of people waiting for the elevator. I seem to have a private one. Well, this is an express elevator, ma'am. To the ninth floor. Another man close talker. They love yeah. doing that in the show. And it's a woman in every episode. A woman, if the woman's a protagonist, men talk uncomfortably close to her. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And they uh, did a uh, double on this. They gave him a close talker and a uh, public servant who was just annoyed that someone asked yeah. him a question. Yeah. She. So she, yeah, she goes, she's looking for a gold thimble for somebody. I think her mother or something. Her mother or somebody, I think. Yeah. yeah. 
and she goes to this she goes to the ninth floor but there isn't but well spoilers she goes there the and elevator stops it stops at eight yeah you that. see that it stops like indeterminate spot it doesn't stop yeah. at nine but the guy says it's ninth floor she gets off and it's just empty except for one woman working a kiosk can i show you something oh, why yes i was looking for a gold thimble a gift from my mother. And the woman's wearing a very smart dress. That's what I had described that dress. It's like very, very smart. smart. Like if I saw yeah. it in the street, it's like, ma'am, excuse me, don't be afraid. But that dress, that's smart. <laughs> then she shrieks and runs. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's a very smart outfit. So she goes, he's like, oh, we have a gold thimble. And it's like literally the only thing they have is the gold thimble she's asking for. Oh, that's odd. What is Marsha? Well, you haven't any merchandise here at all, except the thimble, except the very thing I needed. Oh, the whole floor it looks so empty and... You called me Marsha. There's a, some curt words exchanged. It's very tense. It's a very tense transaction. And as she's leaving, the woman at the kiosk asks, Are you happy? Am I what? Am I, am I happy? Well, you'll forgive me, but that's really none of your business. <laughs> really? It's none of my business. All right, Miss White, suit yourself. It's none of my business. And she's like, Wow, well, I never. And then she storms off, gets in the elevator, and... Does she say her name, or is that later? Oh, yes, she says uh, her name. It's like, thanks for coming, Marsha. It's like, how'd you know my name? It's like, oh, I must have seen you around. You That's know? a good setup Very, right there. Even, even, that, even that is good so far. Yeah, There's a lot of things happening here. Like It just escalates creepiness very methodically throughout the scene. It's like, okay... Creepy mm -hmm. elevator guy. Empty floor. Like, they really got the most out of that set in this episode. Mm -hmm. uh, then you have the creep, that lady who's just curt, so it's uncomfortable. And then it, then she says her name, which makes it doubly uncomfortable. And then she leaves, and she says, this thimble is... <laughs> I turned it to Cindy Brady when I hit those TH sounds. <laughs> it's all messed up. She's like, oh, I don't dented. want this. It's all dented, and looks like somebody kicked it around the floor. Can't send this to my mother. It's scratched, and it's, it's dented, too. Look, look here. Complaints, third floor. Look at this thing. It's scratched. It looks as if somebody stepped on it or something. Third floor, complaints. She goes to the complaints and meets Mr. Armbruster, played by James Milholland. I can't pronounce his name. Milholland. Milholland. You should have changed that fucking name, man. You're in Hollywood yeah. now. Grow up. I love this guy's performance. Well, I, I distinctly told her that all the gold thimbles we have are in gifts. And that if the item were damaged... Well, we, we certainly would make it good, either by replacement or refund. Oh, I distinctly told her that, Mr. Sloan. Just tell her to take it back to the department where she purchased the item. Well, that's just the point. She has some idiotic story about having purchased a gold thimble on the ninth floor. <laughs> I've seen him around, and I was like, saying, this guy looks familiar, let me look him up. And he was on stuff like Dobie Gillis, he's on a bunch of episodes of that, which I used to watch. So maybe it's from that, but I'm like... I remember where I saw him from. Where is it? He played Liberace's lawyer when he played the guest villain on Batman. Of course he did. You son yep, of a bitch. So I'm like, oh, that's right. He's the shiesty lawyer. Nope. Yeah. It's kind of getting tiring. It's sad. To it's, keep doing And it, I'm not doing it on purpose. I swear to God. No, you're not. Not a bit. No. It's <laughs> but just... I'm like, oh, shit. All roads. <laughs> All roads lead to Batman. I thought you were going to say you recognized him from the Ghost of Mr. Chicken. Is he in Ghost of Mr. Chicken? Mm-hmm. Oh, I probably recognize him from that, too. I love that movie. What was that you just did? Oh, that was just, that's karate. <laughs> I didn't know you knew karate. Oh, yeah, I've been studying it by mail for years. <laughs> My whole body's a weapon. Ghost of Mr. Knotts. Chicken. Tell me more. Yeah, yeah that's uh, one of Don, Don Knotts' films he made for uh, 
Columbia Pictures. He's like made four of them, and that's the best one. Ghost of Mr. Chicken. He solves murders. Well, look, you. What what what's the best scenario to put Don Knotts? Make him frightened of stuff. Yeah. Oh, that's where he fucking shines. Don Knotts. <laughs> the Knotts shines when it scares. Uh, <laughs> scored by Vic Mizzy, the guy who did uh, Adam's Family. This all episode, all the films the that he did, it's oh. weird. All those films he did were scored by Vic Mizzy, but the Ghost and Mr. Chicken soundtrack is fucking awesome. It sounds like like a garage band. It's really awesome the soundtrack to that. Yeah, I had no life growing up. Even the, really, anyway. when did the, even the reluctant sorry. astronaut. Sorry. Sixty six, sixty seven. Wow. The Adams Family. Yeah. When did that start? Was it that late? I thought it was earlier than that. Maybe it's earlier. Maybe it's sixty four. Yeah, um, look it up. Now. Yeah, I'm looking. Sixty four. Sixty four. Yep. Huh. But Morticia was another smoke show on that show. Anyway, so she goes to the complaints department. She meets Mr. Arm Brewster, and uh, he's like, "This lady's this lady's cucarabach. She's saying she saw she went on the ninth floor, which doesn't exist." Just explain to Mr. Arm Brewster here. I did not purchase this in the gift department. I was taken up to the ninth floor. That's what makes it so difficult to understand. You see, we don't have a ninth floor. And they're very polite. These two. They're like, excuse me, ma'am. You said you got that on the ninth floor. It's like, yeah. It's, it's like, there is no ninth floor. I don't know why he sounds like Ted Knight, but. Well, we're waiting. <laughs> <laughs> I'd like to mow my lawn. She's like, well, I was on the ninth floor. And like, then she sees from behind the lady who helped her. Somebody spins the lady around. It's a mannequin. She panics. We don't see her like faint. They just cut the commercial at the sight of it. And then you see the manager, Mr. Armbruster, like going. Well, 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 how is she? Oh, she'll be all right, Mr. Armbruster. She was just frightened, that's all. Well, what about this delusion of hers? I don't know. I didn't talk to her. But she's resting now. I think maybe even gone to sleep. Hmm. Well, tell her we're closing up now. Tell her to come back tomorrow and we'll get her a replacement on her merchandise or a refund or anything else she wants. He gets called away to something very eerie. But the woman who was telling Mr. Armbruster that, I guess she was supposed to, like, wake her up. She gets called away. But it's done in this really weird way where you don't see where the voice is coming from. And it sounds very badly ADR'd. Miss Keevers, you have a customer. Hurry, please. All right, I'm coming. But it actually works because it's it's odd. It was off-putting. But I was like, wow, that's just awkward, that whole scene. But it, it works. They just leave her there. Just leave her sleeping in the office. And she wakes up and it's, you know, after hours. Oh, the title. And she's walking through this now very dark department store. And it's really super. This is really where the episode shines in this segment. Very little dialogue except for, like, voices calling out Marsha. 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 There's one shot, and this is what I was going to say earlier, where, like, she's looking through fog glass, and they show from, like, the other side of the fog glass, and it's just this very, really eerie shot. And it's, like, one of those things where I watched it, I, like, I made a note, it's like, oh, I want to steal that for something. Because I really like that shot, that imagery there. Uh, she's walking around, and it looks like the mannequins are calling out to her. Marsha. 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 Come on, we know Marsha. You Climb know her, Marsha. So she starts freaking out. One of them starts moving. She starts completely bugged fuck out. Elevator opens and it takes her back to the ninth floor. That's uh, part. That it. section with the voices is the scariest part of the season. Yep. So far, easily. For me. Yeah. Like legitimately, of... like really unnerving. And yeah. when it's this old, there's something. There's like an extra layer of this is just creepy. You know what I mean? Because it's just so plain. So when it's just the yes. voices and it's very kind of still, you're like, what the fuck? It's such a cool thing. 
that you can't really capture now if you tried. It's just, it was then. It's what yeah. it was. Well, I think this would be a good time to like bring up my little extracurricular activities I did with this episode. I was going to leave it till after, but since you bring it up, this episode was remade in the 80s version mm. of The Twilight Zone. And I went and watched that. Very different way they handle it. And this is subjective. I don't think as effectively. It tries to go bigger. It does some like creative stuff like where she starts turning into a mannequin like piece by piece. But it just doesn't, it's just like, there's just that odd coldness of the black and white that makes it so, and like, you know, 80s TV production with the, just not as, oddly, it's funny. It's like lighting got less sophisticated, it seems, in mm -hmm. 70s and 80s television. Mm -hmm. Everything looked a lot flatter. Yeah. There's some good gags. There's like bin full of mannequin, of mannequin heads that start calling out to her in the remake. And it's like, oh, that's a really good gag. It's doing like stuff like that, more effects heavy as opposed opposed to just the atmosphere of it. Mm -hmm. So, I don't know. And this is subjective. If you watch that episode and like it more, uh, more power to you. I just, it's, it's not bad. And it's the fact that that takes place in a mall mm. and she's shopping for like the equivalent of a Cabbage Patch doll and it's early 80s mall. And that, just for watching on that level, it's actually like going back to malls. It's actually really interesting to watch it from that because this is when malls were popping. Yeah. Tom McCann's were plentiful. Now, I'm assuming yeah. that episode you just referenced was before the film Mannequin. Yes. Okay. This is 86. 86. Okay. 86 or 87. I love mm. that movie. Okay. You know, I wrote uh, a love letter to Kim Cattrall when I was seven years old of after watching that movie. Everyone did. I was seven years old, and I was just like, that's the most beautiful woman I've ever seen in my life. Everyone had the same feeling after watching Mannequin. It's impossible not to. She was captivating. She was my first. Her, if you remember Stripes, the blonde. Oh, I remember Stripes. Oh, do I remember Stripes. PJ, PJ Souls. She PJ was Souls. Those are my two big head turners when I was yeah. like, we... Like those are the first crushes I remember. Oh yeah, it's Bill's girl. We talked about this one point. What was he gonna? Was he gonna use the thing, or was he just fucking around? No, no, no. That's you're thinking of. Uh, no, he's using a spatula on her when he puts her on the grill and he starts yeah. like playing with a spatula. You're thinking of a bachelor <laughs> party when Tom Hanks has the. Uh, the oh mixer. yes, oh, yeah. yes. You got oh, those okay. confused. It's, yeah, it's a, there was a weird kitchen. There's kitchenware kink in the '80s that was going on. I don't yeah, know what, what was, was his on. plan with that spatula. We don't know. Like, oh yeah, and then he pulls out something. I was like, what about this? He's like, oh, what are you gonna do with that? It's like, what, what is going on? Excited. I was like, yeah, oh yeah, she was fucking, she was with it. Yeah, she, she was wound up in a trunk, which I always tried to figure out like the mechanics of that, like a big steamer trunk they wound up yeah. in. Remember at the yeah, end? You're right, the, yeah. I never understood like what what happened in there. That doesn't seem like it works for anybody. And the other one uh, was uh, Sean, Sean Young. Sean Young. Yeah. Finkel and Einhorn. Finkel and Einhorn. I was just gonna say. <laughs> and her career was ruined when she went out onto a talk show dressed as Catwoman. Yeah, what happened there? for the director of Batman 2. How dare you not make time to see the Catwoman? Not even so much as granting me a meeting. How very rude of you. After all, I was in the original Batman cast. He went on a talk show dressed as like Catwoman saying like, you should cast me as Catwoman. And it just looked weird. Well, then like in hindsight, she was, she's kind of, uh, she kind of lost a little bit now. Yeah, she cracked up. Yeah. I have friends yeah. who worked with her said she was nothing but professional. Oh, I'm so sure I she's great. But I mean, listen, I call a spade a spade around here. Like, <laughs> crack up, you crack up. Is she in the second mannequin? Kim Cattrall? No, right? No. no. Uh, who takes Christy Swanson's place? the second one. Really? Yes. Christy mm. Wow. Okay. I'm pretty sure it's Christy Swanson. I don't think that's an upgrade. I'm sorry. Mm. Kim Cattrall is peak Kim Cattrall. There's, there's nothing beating that. Hollywood See, that, because you have a couple years on me, I go Christy. Yeah, it's okay. like, there's, there's, you know, there's no slouch. 
There's yeah, there's just barriers there. Well, My Christy favorites. Swanson, sorry, I I got to mention it. Listen, we're the chase. Yeah. She is, she's, that's like a 25 out of 10. That's, yeah, that's, that's a tough, that's that's like, that came out right when I was in high school. So yeah, that was, whoa, that was a problem. I mean, she have sex during the chase. Oh, I remember. Oh, I remember. (laughs) I was there, man. I don't got to tell you twice. She's a fucking Kowalski from Hot Shots. Eagle River. Suck in that gun. (laughs) I mean, she was in Big Daddy. Loose skin and old balls. (laughs) <laughs> oh, gross. But back to the original smoke show of Anne Francis. <laughs> she gets into the ninth floor. All the mannequins, beautifully done in a long shot. All the mannequins, one by one, start great performances, by the way, to hold those poses as they all, one by one, reanimate. They all gather around her and tell her to remember. That's odd. That's really odd. But suddenly I seem to remember. Coming back now, is it? I'm a mannequin. That's what I am. I'm a mannequin. And it was my turn to... Your turn to leave us for a month. Becoming much clearer now, isn't it? You left us for a month and you lived with the outsiders. But you were due back yesterday and you didn't show up. You know, Marsha, that's very selfish, my dear. You're a day late and you're eating into my time, the lady in the smart dress. And she goes, oh, 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 you're right. I'm so sorry. Oh, it's crazy out there. And it's like you could get really easily swept up out there in the real world. Yeah. Sorry about that. No harm done. The lady in the smart dress takes her leave because it's her time out in the real world. And then they all freeze in their poses. The next day, Mr. Armbruster's walking by. He passes by her and does like a, Ooh. like, yeah. you know, like he does like a full what does he on, do? like, <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> yeah, he doesn't, he does no, that's not, home, he doesn't does do a Tim home, Young. He doesn't do Tim, Tim, Tim Young. Tim Fuck's Tim Young. Who's that guy? <laughs> yeah, no, no, it's more of a cartoon. Uh-huh. Instead of like the, which is different than the. Uh-huh. So anyway. Yeah, and then uh, Sterling says. Marsha White in her normal and natural state. A wooden lady with a painted face who one month out of the year takes on the characteristics of someone as normal and as flesh and blood as you and I. But it makes you wonder, doesn't it? Just how normal are we? Just who are the people we nod our hellos to as we pass on the street? A rather good question to ask, particularly in the Twilight Zone. It's a classic, and it's deservedly so. Just uh, not about anything that I could really figure out. Like, it's not, there's no deeper message here. Oh, this is my question, actually. Is this the first time we, like, in any kind of media referenced how fucking creepy and uncanny mannequins are? Is that where, like, our fear, like, was there, like, this inherent fear of mannequins that we all still have from this episode, or did the episode, like, capitalize on that? Hmm. Is it, like, what's the chicken it has in to the be egg the first here? thing, right? I can't think of what anything else. What would have been else. before this? Yeah. yeah. Tell me in the comments. Wait, there's no comments. This isn't YouTube. I watched the You can YouTube. leave comments on uh, yes, leave Spotify. Comments. If, you, if you know of any earlier media that deals with this, like the I, the idea of mannequins being creepy, let me know. Let us know. Yeah, Spotify at, uh, allows out comments. Pod. Spotify, if you're listening on Spotify, just go right now. I know there's oh, fucking yeah. people yeah, You don't have to leave Spotify. the app, just you know whatever. Your phone is on Spotify. And you will, you will leave a comment on this show, and you will leave a review, and you will share it, and you will tell a friend. Tell a friend. <laughs> <laughs> Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. They're making that movie, see that? Yeah, they're making that movie. 20 years later. Too late. Should have made it the year after that fucking movie came out. That's 
that's like the Inspector Gadget movie. It's too late for me. I, I don't. It's too late for me to care. <laughs> that movie was fucking rough. I never watched it. No, it's not. It's I, not it's Matthew it's, Broderick. Yeah. Man, the man, And now a word from our sponsors. Jonathan Switcher. Punk sex. Loves to talk to his work. You know, you're the first thing I've created that made me feel like an artist. Don't you like a new scarf? He never expected. Not especially. To hear it talk back. I really think I'm going crazy. I am so glad you're working here. I never thought they'd hire anyone stranger than me. You're the only one who can see me like this. To the rest of the world, he's a disaster. You're quiet! And she's a dummy. Ow! You were one sick puppy. But together... Hey, don't do that. You weren't so shy when you were creating me. You weren't so real. They make magic. Look at him with the dummy. Who are you to criticize? And that new stock boy, and I just want you to keep an eye on him for me. I think I'm going to handle things my own way. All the girl mannequins disappeared from the windows last night, film at 11. Yes, my dear, your favorite. She is gone to get him! <laughs> You're magic. He's talking to the dummy again. Andrew McCarthy, Kim Cattrall. You know I would never bother you when you're getting a piece of wood. Mannequin. I swear this city gets crazier and crazier every day. Hey, listen. Oh, jeez, we got a live one. Hey, buddy, the English nobleman in my teeth told me something. Hey, if you go to wnuf.bigcartel.com, you get the out there Halloween mega tape and other products. I bet you didn't know that. Did you know that the dust balls in my living room? They're there on purpose. Did you know that? Um, do you, do you want like a dollar or something? <laughs> you just throw a cat at me? <laughs> my God, are you okay? I saw everything. Yeah, I think so. I'll tell you one thing though. I'm not gonna rest until I find out more about how to purchase the out there Halloween mega tape and other products from wnuf.bigcartel.com. I can tell you that much. Yes, I too would like to learn more about how to purchase out their Halloween mega tape and other products from wnuf.bigcartel.com. Coming soon to theaters. I'm Professor Kansas Bowling. I'm a graduate of the University of Teenage Studies, earning my PhD in The Young Girl. This is a film for all you mothers and fathers and those who wish to be. Parents, beware. Lock up your 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 lock you know that isn't what happened. She's fucking dead. We're gonna fucking deal with it, okay? Can we take her to a hospital? No! no! You should model caged animals. It was, it was violent. I learned to like it like this. You look the only collector that was ever enjoyed by We're here to tell you about how hard our lives are. Being teenage girls. La, 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 
cuddly toys getting canceled at a theater near you. That beat, that, that, that beat still slaps like crazy, though. That is yeah. like I put that theme on sometimes when I'm working out because it gets me pumped. Oh, speaking of things that slap, I just started watching Barry. Oh, how was it? Oh, my God. What a show. I just finished the first how season. How far are you? Just finished the first season. Oh, Chris. You're strapping. I'm fucking. I'm running. Last night I watched four episodes. I was like, oh, man. This is a Keep great going. show. Keep going. No Ho Hank is the, the best character on television. Who? Oh. oh, come on. You got to get this shit together. Just stand up there and shoot him. Okay? Fuck you. Believe in yourself. I just got shot. Well, I got shot too, remember? Barry shot me like precisely in the same arm. Oh, same spot. Wow, he's so good. All right, but I wasn't a baby, but it was I. Come on. He's the best character that's ever been on TV. When he, oh, you check submarine sandwich? Anytime he says submarine sandwich to anybody, I fucking scream. I walk around my, I've been walking around my house for the past three days asking my wife, would you like a beer, a submarine sandwich? <laughs> no, Hank, he's one of the most Oh, come on, buddy. Ever. I walk come around, on, buddy. come on, buddy. Buddy. He's just such a nice guy. <laughs> It's so fucking funny. <laughs> I'm so glad you're found. Yeah, oh, I'm, it's I'm so fucking good. in. It's so good. And Henry, Henry, Henry Winkler. Is, Henry this Winkler's is, in it? It's his career oh, yeah. performance is the is Henry Winkler in this. Henry really? Winkler plays the best character that he's ever played. Not even close. Not yeah. even close. Gene, what's his last name? Uh, Gene Cousineau. Fantastic. Everything about him. Is, everyone's so good. Just strap in. Yeah. Oh, man. I I'm believe as of the, this recording, there are, I think there's only two episodes left. Oh, I gotta hurry up. But you'll fly through it. You'll yeah. Oh no, I'm it. moving. I'm gonna watch three or four of them after this. Oh, it's oh, it's great. Yeah, because they're only like my 25, 30 on... minutes. It's so good. I can't imagine. I'm yeah. so anxious about what's happening. <laughs> just, Every just episode wait. I end with anxiety. I'm like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh, it's one of those. I know. But it's good yeah. anxiety. It's like Breaking Bad anxiety. Oh, it's like, oh no, that's like hooked me right in. Yeah. Oh, you're yeah. in. From the oh, end of first one... episode, I was just you motherfucker. You know what it is? <laughs> it's a cinnabon. You can't have one little bite. You can't just have a little bite. Yeah, the four of them in the park. It was four. And I love Bill Hatter, so I don't know Hater or Hatter. I, I, I don't know why I haven't watched it, because I should watch it just for him. I mean, I love him. So. Oh, you'll love it. Man. Yeah, it's he's great. great. You know what? Cause I, I, I know him from Saturday Night Live and his bits, you know, in like the, the It movie and fucking the, the, oh, the, he's the cop and super bad. He's super amazing. Ba super right. Bad. He's great. And everything he's in, he's great. So it's like, you know, I didn't see him as like the, the lead guy, I guess, but he's great. He's fucking so good. It's amazing. So good. Considering yeah. what you just said, where he was, the SNL yeah. guy. And now he's like basically doing like a Brian Cranston. Yeah, and, but he's directing and he's writing it. He's doing, right. it's yeah, his he's doing everything. Yeah. He's gonna make an awesome horror movie within the next like five years. I guarantee it. Watch it, Frank. Get in. Yeah, Get definitely in. jump on, man. All right, I'll it. watch it because I, I didn't a, realize it's like it's him directing and like running. He's like, doing everything. Kind of like yeah, his okay. name's on every credit. <laughs> Oh, okay. Noho Hank and Fuchs are the fucking best. Fuchs, he's so good. amazing. It's what's his name? Is Fuchs? Steven Root. Right. Oh, well, I love Stephen Office Space. He's yeah, so good. For, yeah, Frank. Just you it's love so it. everyone it's in it's so good. It's in it. Wow, this yeah. is like okay. With every like, revelation, it sounds better and better. <laughs> I should be watching this. No, ho Hank, man. He's uh, no the, from the first time you meet him. I said, I hope this guy. <laughs> and I started like looking into like things on the first season. Like, so they wanted to kill that character off in the first season, the first episode in the pilot. Like, oh, that, is that true? Oh yeah, and they just fell in love with him. They said, oh, we got to keep this guy around. Just his face, just his, his everything. Look. He has alopecia, so his, his, he has no hair on anything. He has no eyebrows. <laughs> oh, that's fantastic! Just wait. Just the past two episodes are like scrambled yeah, my brain. I can't wait. The way season one ended, I said, "Get the fuck away from me!" What are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I should do this because that's how I basically watched Breaking Bad. I like, I knew the coast was clear enough. That's like, okay, I could, I could like binge it till. That's the end. what I did. I didn't watch that's it until the last season started. Me too. That's exactly how I did it. Because I'm like, okay, it sounds like they know what they're doing. I watched. 
that I, and Sons of Anarchy that way. Both. I never watched Sons of Anarchy. Oh, that's a great show, man. Oh, I'm shocked oh, you never me, watched that. Yeah, I, you were watching it. I remember you were like fervent about it. I was all in. Like, you got a motorcycle because of that fucking show, oh, I think. Fuck, yeah. I was, the crow was fucking <laughs> flying straight for a little while there. <laughs> Crow flash tree. Right. Just sold my motorcycle a few months ago. Yeah, I was a one percenter. Uh, I'll get back into the the remake, which is different. Is that it doesn't end on that kind of weird note of I'm sorry about that. It's like she's horrified by what's happening to mm. her. But it doesn't really make sense because it's just like, well, it's, it's somebody else's turn. You're being an asshole. And the woman who plays her uh, in the remake is Terry Farrell. If you, she was the love interest. Uh, for the young Melon in Back to School. You would know her from that. I know her as Dax from Deep Space Nine because I'm a loser. That's her. And the woman who plays uh, the the cashier, if you remember Three's Company, there was that there was that older lady who wanted, the hot older lady who wanted to bang Jack and he's like, no, get away from me. You're older than me. And she was like throwing herself at him. And she he wanted no part of it. And that, she became like a, like a regular cast member around season three. I mm. watched a lot to go to sleep. <laughs> come on, come on, terrible show. It's got off. It's so fucking terrible. Like me and Deborah watch it to go to sleep because the stupidness of it numbs us. That and the theme song to the Ropers is the best awful theme song to a show ever. Because on Pluto TV, it just loops through all the shows. Uh, we skip the nights. It, it loops back to uh, Three's a Crowd, which is terrible. <laughs> which is like, um, it's not even fun bad. It's just really like, oh, this is just awful. Vicky stunk. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, you talked about your shows. <laughs> oh, what do yeah. we give this episode? I thought it was great. It's my favorite one since A World of Difference, yeah. which was, I don't even know how long ago, but I would say, I give it a nine. Stone Classic. That was really good. Same, nine. Yeah. yeah, yeah, solid nine. And I had no idea, again, this was me just going in blind, so. Yeah, I'm going to give it a nine. And if Jug oh. were here, I'm sure he would give it a nine. Uh, Juddy fell ill today. Yeah, oh, Juddy's a sweet boy. With, he has a little migraine. Boy. He has migraine headaches. For his wedding. He gets headaches. He's getting ready for his wedding, so he's been, you know. I had to go. I went and got fitted today for the, the tuxedo. Let me tell you something about Men's Warehouse in Tom's River, New Jersey. The manager there has got to go. You got to do something. She's a terrible person. Every time I've been in that store, this manager, she just has a scowl on her face and she's just rude to everybody. I hate this woman more than anything on the planet. I was there. I bought a suit not that long ago for my friend's wedding. I had a gift card or some, you get a credit, I don't know, on your account and it expired. So the woman was going to give it to me, the cashier. And she's like, oh, I just got to call, you know, the help desk and they'll send it through for you. So she does it. They say, okay, the new one's going to be reissued. But in the meantime, they told me just give you a $50 rebate on what the gift card was for. Oh, so she calls the manager over and she tells the manager that. And the manager goes, no, I'm not doing that. We just don't get discounts on clothes. And she just like walked away. I said, oh, I said, that's all right. Don't worry about it. I didn't know. I didn't even know I had this gift card until you told me it was in the system. So it's not like, I don't know who you're getting nasty with. So I told the woman, the cashier's apologizing to me. I said, ah, it's all right. It wasn't you. I said, I just scowled at that. <laughs> but every time I'm in there, I go in there, you know, I don't buy suits all often, but when I need one, it's probably in the last two years I've been in there a dozen times for fittings and, you know, picking up, dropping off things. And every single time I'm in there and that woman's in there, she gives somebody, she's giving, she's either giving somebody a hard time or about to give somebody a hard time. Just a nasty, right. nasty woman. Out. No, she's got to go. Men's Warehouse. Listen up. Stone that people are coming for you. <laughs> Zoning out armies coming. <laughs> <laughs> And now, Mr. Serling. This locker in Linneman Emporium houses a Major League Baseball team known as the Hoboken Zephyrs, all of which by way of introduction to next week's show. A wild and woolly yarn about the great American pastime. 
It's called The Mighty Casey, and it's all about a left-hander who pitches like nothing human simply because he isn't. Mr. Jack Warden takes us into the stadium next week for nine fast innings on The Twilight Zone.